Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Welcome to the Press Box, a radio show. When you turn us on, you're gonna be in the know. Cause we're working all the time. Yes, sorry. Checking every storyline. We got a hell do you do? Now we're in the Press Box. Everything will be alright. Shoot it, big fella. He does. And he nailed it. Oh, mercy. Party time in T-Town. Well, it's Chris and a ham. J.D. on the coast, and Mike is working the beat in the whole damn state. Cause we working all the time. Checking every storyline. Oh, do it, baby! Now we're in the press box. Everything will be alright. Trip stack right side, pitch to Carnell, who will throw a wide open Anthony Nicks. Touchdown, Tiger! Here we go! On and on and on and on and on and on and on. That's what we do. Chicken every storyline. Big, big, big. Welcome to the press box. Everything will be alright. It's con We could just let it play for a little while if you want to. I got no problem. the press box radio show and when you hear that music that means it's friday and we head into hour number two of this friday january 7th edition episode number 250 as we wrap up week number 50 inside the press box mike grace in the breakline optic studios my buddy chris stewart is in birmingham and chris uh, your buddy old bama i say old uh, Bama and O-L-E, O-L-E, that's right. O-L-E, our old Bama and NFL friend, Roman Harper, the SEC Network standing by, man. Yeah. Oh, and Daddy oh, boy. on top of it. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Roman. Somebody's having a meltdown, bless the best time to call Roman, didn't we? Yeah. It happens, guys. It's uh, hey. that time of the morning for me sometimes, you know. It is a judgment-free zone, <laughs> I assure you. Yeah. Uh, it makes me simultaneously miss those days and not miss those days whatsoever. Oh, man, you, you're not missing this one right now. He, he's had a rough go at it this morning. I think I need to get my man some apple juice. He's been trying to poop a little bit. Sorry we don't talk about that on the radio, but yeah. when it comes to babies, they go and they got to go. Apple juice, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. that is so good. Hey, if, if, we need to, if we need to adjust now, we'll, we'll adjust here and put you on pause for a minute. You, you tell me no, what we we're need good. to do. We're good. I don't feel like changing right. it right now anyway. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm, the, I'm the, the, the not-so-smart dad because I didn't pack too many extra diapers this morning and i'm at the barber shop so it's hey, okay let's you, get it going you, we're good you treat that you treat that like a sprained ankle you don't take the it, shoe it, off you tighten the shoe up Isn't that's that right? it that's it this is already my favorite interview we've ever done in 250 episodes already this is my favorite of all time right here oh remind me remind me because i followed you on twitter before we actually reconnected but you got three Two, four yeah. kids now. Four? Yeah, we had a COVID baby. You know, things I gotta get happen. you a book, man. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta explain to you what all's been happening. Oh, uh, hey, man. Get you another hobby it, in the it, off season for crying out loud. It, it, it's part of one of those crazy times, I guess. You know, I, I, I have no explanation. Is is 
as challenging as moments like the ones we uh, are describing have been. Talk to me about, and, and I deal with this with Rashad Johnson, talking with him uh, about the playing days are over and you get to be a full-time dad. It, tell me, and not that you don't have a career, because obviously you do. We're talking to you as a broadcaster for ESPN and the SEC Network, but it is different, and you get more family time. You get more time at home. Um, just for you, what that's been like to have that opportunity now in your life? Well, it's been awesome. Uh, that's personally, um, personally, that's the reason why I chose that to not go into the path that I like coaching or doing some other things a little bit closer with football because I understood the time is so precious that I wanted to see my kids grow, that I wanted to be a part of, you know, taking them to school, being a part of their normal childhood. And, and just, you know, you don't get time back with your kids, man. I, you know, I played football for so long and, you know, for all those years, you're told where to be at. And for the first time in August, in a long time, I didn't have somebody tell me where I had to be at. And for me, I took pride in that. I took a pleasure, a sense of pleasure in that. And I didn't want to have a job just to say I was working. I wanted to have something that, that made me happy that, you know, for all these years I played football and it never, ever felt like a job because it was something that I loved doing. And I wanted to find something close to that. And I did the broadcast boot camp for the NFL provides and kind of figured that I could do some things like that and, and just really just start putting myself out there. And the Lord gave me this opportunity, man. I'm just trying to take full full advantage of it. And it's been an awesome journey. I really, really enjoy it. My oldest daughter helps me pick out my outfits on the weekends and she loves doing it. And it's just kind of cool because, you, you know, my kids, they don't really recognize me as like a, some big time football player because they were all so young. So now they see me on TV and they're like, dad, are you like famous? Or like, what, what's up with this? When people come talk to me and things, it's just, it's just funny. And, Kids are so honest with you because they truly, truly are so innocent. No doubt. I do have to go back to one thing you said, though. You, you said no longer playing. You don't have anybody telling you where to be and what to do. Are you not married anymore? Oh, I mean, that never changes, right? That okay. wasn't true. I get, I, get, I get that every day. So, um, yes, I got a ring on it. So, that means I, I have I, to I obey. Was just, I was just checking because I know where yeah. I live. I'm still not making any decisions as it relates to that. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't get that either. That's the crazy part is that, you know, well, when I do make decisions, it's usually the wrong decision. No, they're 100% right. We will we will keep this brief because I know you got your hands full, but I do need you to, to give me thoughts on Monday night as your alma mater goes for a, an amazing thing. Look, when you walked on that campus – it was Bear Bryant everywhere, and and I knew mentally I knew this stat, but when I see it pop up on ESPN like it did a few minutes ago, Nick Saban's already got seven national titles. That's one more than Bear Bryant won, but if he wins again, he's going to have more national titles at Alabama, Roman, than Bear Bryant won. I can't I can't comprehend that, having lived here my whole life. And in the amount of time that he did it, you know, like oh. it, it's just crazy because, uh, you know, we we recognize Alabama football and it is Bear Bryant, right? The, the hounds to uh, how many years he spent there that, you know, what he meant to college football and what Nick's been able to do in these 15 years, accumulate talent, continue to win championships, have the highest amount of standards and also put guys in the NFL and their players graduate. So he's doing it on all fronts and all facets. I give him so much credit. And not only that, but, his ability to evolve when they are at the top of the mountain that 
offensively, we need to be more explosive. We need to play, get more plays on the field. We need to pass the ball. We need to do some other things. So his constant evolution is what you're seeing, that he truly is the best and the greatest of all time at doing at college football coaching. And it's just a pleasure and an honor that he allows me to come around the program, even though he did not coach me, that allowed me to be around and, and treats me just like another one of the guys. It's pretty cool. And um, I'm just happy that I went to Alabama because now I get to really talk a lot of trash because it wasn't always this way, especially when I was there. It definitely wasn't this way. You were among those guys that, that held it together, man, and you're appreciated. I, I assure you that. Uh, very quick breakdown of the game. All right. So, look, this game could go either way. It's going to come down to execution and who doesn't turn the football over. I, I think Alabama – you know, the, the play of Bryce Young last game was a difference maker. He literally flat out just won that game for that team. That And Stetson Bennett played well outside of two throws. So um, Georgia has to make some changes defensively. They're going to have to do anything to, to get pressure on Bryce Young. They can't allow him to be to make those plays that he did to allow him to be comfortable. And that when he breaks the pocket, they cannot allow him to do that as well. He made a lot of plays once he got outside of the pocket. So they're going to do everything they can to keep him within the confines of the pocket and make him beat him from there. But also, they have to do something to speed up his timing. They didn't do a good job of that last time. I didn't think that Georgia matches up well to be able to do that just because their D-linemen are very big run-stopping guys. They're not exactly pass rush experts. So that is going to be something that I would be looking at. Also, the offensive line of Alabama, that was their best game last game versus Georgia. Can they match that? They have to match that intensity, that type of deal. And Brian Robinson has to have one of his better games all year long. It's not about running the football, but most importantly, pass protection. He's been excellent at picking up blitzes. And I know Georgia's going to be bringing them from the corners, from the from the linebackers. So he has to be able to pick those guys up and also help with, you know, the linemen are beat on rushes as well. So just picking those guys up and then be able to leak out late. He had a couple big plays in the SEC championship game. That'd be some other things. So, you're saying all those things, and now for Georgia, it's all about Cook and Brock Bowers. They have to be the focal points of your offense. Georgia has to be able to score higher. They have to score more points because Alabama, you're not going to shut them out. Let's not kid ourselves. they got too much firepower. So Georgia has to score more points, and defensively, they can't allow Alabama to be that comfortable. They have to be the defense that they've been all year long. If they do that, they'll win this game. Roman, you're very generous with your time. Go play dad. We appreciate you so much. And, uh, and again, tight, tighten the diaper. If, if you hey, man. To. He's good to go now, man. I gave him a little extra little chocolate milk, man. He's there good. You oh, go. Yeah. Rolling along over here. He's had a rough morning. I had to come. Uh, out are you coming to Indy? To get him going. Are you going to be in Indy? Yeah, yeah. I fly out this afternoon. Okay. Be careful. I look forward to seeing you. Oh, I can't wait to see you guys. Uh, and I guess I can say it because I'm not on TV, but roll tide. There you go. Roll tide, Absolutely. indeed. You can Appreciate it. you, buddy. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. Take care. The best. Thank you, guys. The best. Thank you, Roman Harper again. Dad, uh, here yeah. inside the press box again. I just just love that guy that he's getting to do what he is getting to do. And, and do we remember how good he was in the National Football League, man? Oh, man. Yeah, look, they don't let you stick around just because you're a nice guy. They'll no. keep some bad dudes around if if they're bad dudes while they're playing. you got to be a bad dude on the field but a good guy oh, off man. Uh, to to stick around as long as he did, and he's, he's a great dude, great teammate, great player, and uh, 
again, one of those guys that I have so much respect for because at the time he was at Alabama, it wasn't nearly as cool as it is right now. Nick Saban talks about this and why he has such high regard for a Julio Jones, for a Mark Ingram, and and guys that that signed on early to come be at Alabama because the Alabama that they left was not the Alabama that they walked into. Mm-hmm. They walked they could have gone anywhere they wanted, places that were historically on par at that time, but were on more proven solid footing than Alabama was as Nick Saban took over. But they chose to come to the University of Alabama and build what is now the standard everywhere. And Roman was one of those guys that kept Alabama relevant, kept Alabama competitive, had some great moments, just didn't have great seasons. But did it all the right way, was an Alabama kid, again, that could have gone anywhere, but wanted to come to be a part of the Crimson Tide. And he is is in a category, I think, of like Brody Croyle, that John Parker Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could go down the, the line of guys that had options other places when it was maybe more attractive to do so. Yeah, yeah. But instead came to Tuscaloosa. And there was no transfer portal. To just say, oh, no. you know, if I don't get what the playing time I want, you know, I'll go somewhere else. Well, playing time for those guys wasn't going to be an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was far from the issue. How, you know, <laughs> what time can you get here? The old Louis Grizzard <laughs> lied about how many tickets you got. Well, what time can you get it? What time's kickoff? What yeah. time can you get here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, they were going to play, but they could have gone and played somewhere where it was more attractive at that yeah. particular time. Yeah. And, and, just really, really respect him a lot. Well, I've, I've tried to to manage my expectations during the course of the week because I knew it would be a long week until Monday night when we finally get to kick it off between Bama and Georgia. But Chris, I, I'm fascinated by this, and we'll talk to Rashad Johnson uh, on Monday and, and get his thoughts on on kind of the X's and O's, and we'll we'll find someone from the from the Georgia side. I'm working on DJ Shockley, trying to to get DJ who does sidelines for the Georgia uh, Bulldog Sports Network. I'm just fascinated by the differences between then early December, the matchup in the SEC championship game, and now. We know it was Bryce Young that basically, through his arm and legs, beat uh, Georgia in, in the SEC championship game. Uh, but again, it was Brian Robinson who came through in the playoff semifinal against yeah. Cincinnati. So so where does that balance for, for Bama come offensively? And then for Georgia, who weren't their best against Alabama from an offensive standpoint, this is the same team that went up against Michigan and became the first team in college football playoff history to score on each of their first five possessions in a, in a, in a CFP game. Yeah, it, not only were they not their best offensively, but they were their worst defensively. Yeah, yeah. Now, granted, yeah. Alabama had a ton to do with that, but if anything, now again, this doesn't mean that the outcome will be the, the same, but if anything, Alabama's better than they were. Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't have John Mechie. That's huge. Yeah. That That's huge. But they didn't have him the second half of that game against Georgia either. And they still were able to get some things done offensively, especially to start the second half. And look, Bama's also deeper at the wideout position yeah. Yeah. than they were going into that ball game. They, they have a few more guys that they feel like they can rely on. So, 
and they've still got the best guy. As much as I respect John Mechie and and would love to have him available, I still think the best of the receivers is Jameson Williams. Yeah. So you've yeah. got that available to you, obviously. They showed that they could win and move the football without him being available because Cincinnati double-teamed him. He uh, he had some key catches that opened up things for other players, but those guys showed that they can make plays. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that Alabama's in anything but a better position. That being said, does Georgia come out, make fewer mistakes, as Roman alluded to, and not give Alabama the opportunities? Yeah, you know, Alabama had a pick six late or in the second half. I can't remember if it was late third, early fourth. They had the the pick six, but they should have had one on the first drive of the game. Stetson Bennett threw one that, that hit a Bama DB right in the hands. I've forgotten who it was, but it, it would have been a touchdown then. So it was not like there were there was only one or two mistakes that Stetson Bennett made. He made he made more that he didn't have to pay the consequences for, but but two got him and got Georgia. Will he eliminate those in this game? That's that's gonna be a major factor. Uh there were some phenomenal plays that Bryce Young did make both with legs and with his with his arms. Um, can Georgia corral him? You know, Jordan Davis, who who clogs things up in the middle for their defense. Alabama made him ineffective because of what they were able to do on the edge and up top. And I was reminded of the times that teams were able to minimize or completely neutralize Terrence Cody when he was so dominant for Alabama, but he couldn't stay on the field for, for three downs and you're able to not make him a liability for Alabama, but force you to do some different things without a guy who could be your most dominant defensive player. If Alabama is able to do that with their offense against Georgia's defense in Jordan Davis, then they, they will have an opportunity to do what they did last time. But those are all things that we won't know until Monday night by nine o'clock, Central time after we're about an hour into that ball game, if Alabama is able to have any success in that regard or not. All due respect to Cincinnati, but up front, there was a difference. I mean, Bama, yeah. a team that we saw struggle to run the football all season long, ran it 47 times against the Bearcats for 301 right. yards, only threw it 28 times. That's almost exactly opposite of the, yeah. the pass run ratio in the SEC championship game when Bryce Young threw it 44 times. And, and Mike, you're you're right. They're very good in the secondary, and that was part of the reason they limited what the the passing game could do. And and while I don't think they're very good at stopping a high level run game right, right. that they had not faced, potentially high level run game, I think it was it was twofold. Uh, Cincinnati's not at not at the level defensively along their their front seven, front eight uh, that other teams have been that Alabama's faced. The other part, too, is it's as healthy as Alabama's been on the offensive front yeah. and in the backfield. That unit's been playing a healthy. A healthy group went a long way towards that for the time. Both of those units have been playing better and better and better as well as the season uh, progressed. Will be fun to see. Again, I, I just love the chess match. I'm anxious to see, again, what uh, what does happen. And how does Georgia get to Bryce Young? If they want to beat Alabama, they got to put pressure on Bryce Young, something they could not do in the opening meeting in the SEC championship game between those two teams. We'll talk more about it. Get you set for Monday of the Press Box.